0: especially welcome all our campuses to our service today. So, warm welcome to Sydney in Australia, Rotorua, uh, the city, Whangarei, and also Kaitaia. Why don't you all stand with us, please, as we just pray and commit this service, this message into the hands of God. Holy Spirit we so welcome you this morning, without you we are nothing, can do nothing. And So we welcome you, we say Holy Spirit come, would you touch every heart and every life and every person today, would you let your word be with power. And with spirit, that, Lord, it will penetrate beyond our minds into our spirits where transformation can take place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome in our hearts to do a mighty work this morning, which only you can do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. and Everyone said? Well, grab a seat. Always good to have the campuses with us. I want to start with a question, a really, really, I think, important question. I want you to try and answer the question very quickly and try not to think of the answer you should give. (laughs) All right? This is probably one of the, I think, most important questions that we need to be able to answer and answer it correctly. It's a big question. I don't know how often you've asked this question. I don't know how often I've asked this question. But hopefully your answer will come pretty quickly. So here's the question. Answer quickly. What are you most passionate about in life? You should have the answer by now. Because whatever comes quickly to mind. I want to suggest one of the greatest answers you can give to that question is to have a passion for the presence of God. And a passion for God Himself. You might say, Why? Why should that be a big passion? Convince me, please. Well, I'm gonna try to. The thing that sets us apart from everyone else on the planet as followers of Christ is that we have the presence of God with us. That makes you an extraordinary person. You plus God is exceptional. You become a threat to the enemy. And with God's presence in your life, as you develop and cultivate it, it lifts your whole life to another level. With more presence, your prayers are more powerful. With more presence in your home, relationships are more wonderful. With more presence in the workplace, your success will go to another level. It all comes down to the presence of God in our lives. Matthew one twenty three says, They shall call His name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. God is with each and every one of us. We know that. But our goal in life needs to be to cultivate that presence more and more so that we're conscious that God is with us and we even feel the presence of God in our lives. You see, the Old Testament in this book speaks very powerfully with types and shadows. that gives us understanding of Biblical truth. And the Ark of the Covenant, which is going to come up on the screen for you, there it is, there, is a representation of the presence of God. And of the Holy, it was in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle of Moses. And the Ark was the key to Israel. The presence of God in their midst was the key to the whole success and everything about Israel. Now Israel's is a type of the church. And as long as the ark was in their midst, they would have victory, they would defeat all the enemies, they would possess the land, they'd be prosperous, they'd be successful. Everything they needed came with the presence of God. And so they had to keep the presence of God as the central focus of everything that they did. It was in 1994 when I was in India, experiencing something of an open heaven. I was in a hotel room and it wasn't a very good one. But I remember the moment, I remember the bed. I remember where I was when the Spirit of God spoke so clearly to my heart. And he said, Tark, would you help me to restore the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God to my church? I was deeply moved by that call by the Spirit of God. And friends, years have gone by, decades have gone by, 25 years have passed as I've waited, as God has got me ready, as God has got the church ready, Church Unlimited, to in earnest bring back the ark of God's presence, power, and glory to the church. It's been a long wait, 25 years. I've waited, God's waited, we've waited. But God is saying now is the time. God is coming in great presence and power. It started September the 1st on Father's Day when the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, came into our midst. David was Israel's greatest king. And the first thing, man, after God's own heart, and the first thing he did was to bring back the Ark of the Covenant into the midst of, of Israel, He knew the entire success of his leadership, of his kingship, and of his nation depended on one thing, and that was having God's presence with him and in his midst. And the entire success of the church today, and the entire success of your life today depends on having the presence of God in increasing measure in your life. The Ark of the Covenant. 1 Chronicles 15 verse 28. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting, with the sound of the horn, with trumpets, with cymbals, making music, with stringing instruments and harps, with a massive celebration. As Church Unlimited, we are bringing back the ark of the covenant to the church of Jesus Christ. It is coming. It is descending. The time is now. Come on, guys. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord
1: has done He healed my body He cleansed my mind He saved me Just in time Oh, I'm gonna praise His name His name is just the same I'm gonna praise Him Look what the Lord has done Look what the Lord Look Lord Look Look what the Lord has done Look what the Lord has done he heals my body and He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm gonna praise His name. His name is just the same. I'm gonna praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. I'm gonna praise I'm gonna praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. I'm gonna praise Him. I'm gonna praise Him. But the
0: Lord has done. Bringing back the ark of God's presence, the ark of His glory. We're going to centre Church Unlimited around the presence of God. Let's worship our King, please.
1: Holy, holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy.
0: the presence of God, you get everything else. See, the passion of your heart is possibly the greatest power in your life. It drives you. It's a question we need to ask ourselves. What gets me out of bed in the morning? What is most important to me? What is my life all about? And we know God's presence has been increasing in Church Unlimited after the la- over the last few months, and it's going to continue to increase more and more. And I look forward to the day when people walk across into the foyer of this church and they ask, what is that? What is this that I feel It's going to be the presence of God? Unbelievers are going to come under the conviction of sin. Some will fall to their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? I look forward to the day when People walk into this church and they're healed by the power of God, when they're set free by the presence of the Lord, when breakthroughs are just so common that we have testimony after testimony. I look forward to the day when God moves in such power in this place that people will run to the altar. I look forward to the day when it's not a church run by a man, but it's a church run by God Himself, His precious Holy Spirit that works change and transformation. No longer me and you trying to change lives, trying to set people on fire, trying to get people healed or set free, but God himself with his mighty presence and power changing and transforming lives, doing what no man can do. It's not by might, friends. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, by my presence, says the Lord God Almighty. We need the presence of God more than ever before. The testimony that I was sent just during the week a person said they had bad pain in their right knee. It was painful to go upstairs, go, painful to go downstairs. They had it strapped in prayer on Tuesday. And uh, they couldn't stand up. The pain was so bad. No one prayed for them. But when they woke up on Wednesday morning, all the pain had completely gone. They went to the gym. They were able to do all their exercises. And in the, in the email, they actually said this. They were healed by just being in the presence of God. You don't always need someone to pray for you, friends. The presence of God has enough power to bring change and transformation. So across campuses, if you're getting testimonies, please do send them through to us. And as I preach on the presence of God, for everybody listening under the sound of my voice, please expect to experience His presence because God loves to confirm His Word. Somewhere in the history of the church, and I don't know when it happened, but the focus and the emphasis of services became the sermon, became the singing, and became the size of the crowd. There's nothing wrong with any of those, and of course, preaching and singing are incredibly, incredibly important. But friends, what we need more than great preaching and great music and great crowds is the presence of God. We need the Ark of the Covenant because the presence of God will make the singing powerful and life-changing. It will make the sermon more anointed of God. At our altar lives actually will be changed, not people just coming to the front. They will be impacted because of the presence of God in our lives. And we need to make the presence of God, once again, the central thing in our services because with presence comes power. You know, I've been saying so many times to you, I'm tired of services where nothing moves and nothing shifts and nothing changes and people come and leave the same as they came and they probably think, why on earth did I even bother? So I love it when I hear a testimony of something that happened in the service, something that moved, something that changed that is undeniably God. Some of you will remember in July, I think I was in Adelaide, I preached at a church. i have been trying to get this land for 20 years. And I shared Zerubbabel, uh, uh, Zechari- Zech- Zechariah 4 verse 6, you know, who are you, O Great Mountain? You know, and with shouts of grace, grace, and become a plane, and we got the whole church to face that property, and uh, they've been trying to get for 20 years, and uh, the next day, they sh- we shouted grace, the next day, a contract for that land was sitting on the pastor's desk. It was a, an amazing miracle for which I was so grateful and so thankful I was in Adelaide last Sunday. I shared that story. They said, well, we've got some land we need too. I said, really? I said, how long have you been trying to get it? They said, about 30 years. I said, where is the land? They pointed to the land. So at the appropriate time of my sermon, I said, do you really want this land? They said, yes, we do. I said, everyone turn around and face the land. Of course, people feel a bit stupid doing that. And anyway, they all did. I said, raise your hand. They feel even more stupid doing that. And then I said, we're going to shout grace to the land, and they think that's ridiculous. But anyway, because i have given stories about it, they thought we'll do this. So they, they shouted, grace, grace. I felt good about it. I said, let's do that again. And they thought, oh, there we go. So they did I've got it 10 times. We shouted, grace, grace, grace. I was sitting at home last night, I think just reading the scriptures. I don't know what time it was, about 6 o'clock at night or something. And my, my phone rings. And uh, I was preaching for David Hall, who's one of our conference speakers next year. And I noticed it's David Hall, and I thought, what on earth is he doing ringing me? So he rings me, and he answer answer the phone, and he says, look, I've just landed at uh, Adelaide Airport, and uh, I'm still on the plane. (laughs) He said, but I just had to ring you. He said, "Uh, you know that land that we shouted grace to? And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, out of the blue, after 30 years... The landowner rung the church and said, the land can be yours and here's the price. My point is this, friends, something moved, something shifted, something happened in the service. And friends, when you get the presence of God, you know, that's an undeniable miracle. That's the kind of thing we're going to see more and more and more. And if there's anyone that needs some land in the country, <laughs> we have got a fee that we're going to charge now. <laughs> Honestly, I, I couldn't believe it myself. You know, it's just, just amazing. But I think that this is what God is wanting. When we, when we pursue the presence of God, we are positioned for extraordinary miracles. Extraordinary miracles but it needs to be the passion of our hearts. We need to pursue this, and we'll teach on this more as we go along. See, I've worked this out. The enemy's greatest goal in your life is to keep you away from God, to distract you, to get you consumed with other things. Now, God's going to always be with you. We understand that. But, To keep you away from acknowledging him, getting closer to him, experiencing more of his presence. And I believe that all of life and everything in the world conspires to keep us away from getting closer to God and knowing more of his presence. Because the enemy knows the day you get closer to him, he is in trouble. And that you're going to get the victories that you're after. You're going to see the breakthroughs that you so long for and so desire because it all comes with the presence of God. It all comes with his power that's in his presence. So he'll do everything he can to stop you getting closer and closer to God. John 6, 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Anything we do, friends, without the spirit's presence is of little value. In the Old Testament, as I said, Israel's a type of the church, a bit of teaching here for some of you. And you know the amazing thing about them is they, the tabernacle also represented the presence of God. And that's where this was in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle, in the, in the most holy place there. But um, Israel, they camped around the tabernacle. Here's a picture of that coming up for you right now. So there's the tabernacle there, that, that last bit there, and you know the whole thing represented the tabernacle. Can you see all the, where everyone was located? So all Israel... Think about this. The church camped around the presence of God. They understood that if they had the presence and they focused on the presence and they stayed close to the presence, everything else came with it. See, there's also a pillar of fire that you can, or there's a, you can see the cloud, and the, well, there was a fire and a cloud, and Israel had to, whenever the cloud moved, they had to follow the cloud, and that also spoke of the presence of God. And so they'd have to uproot the, you know, even if they land to stop somewhere for a few days, if the cloud moved, they had to move. Friends, the lesson for you and I is that we have to move with the presence of God. When God moves to do something new in our lives, we have to move with God's presence. We have to follow the cloud. We have to be led by the Spirit, so we're always in tune with what God is doing in and through our lives. And when they, if they were under the cloud, if they followed the cloud and the fire listen to this, this is what happened. They had four P's that were theirs. They had the presence of God, because that came with the cloud. It's going to come up on the slide for you. They had power. So when they needed water, God could bring it out of a rock power of God was there. Just for any need that arose, they had the power of God. There was also protection. See, the, the cloud and the fire protected them from the heat of the day and the cold at night. They were protected. Take the cloud and the pillar away. You're not following the cloud. Hey, you got no protection. Also under the power, there was no one sick. You know, for 40 years, no one got sick if they kept following the cloud and the pillar of fire. They all had health. In fact, their clothes didn't wear out either. There was, there was, there was a supernatural power. And, of course, there was provision. When they needed food, there was manna from heaven. So everything came by following the cloud. Everything came by staying close to the presence of God. With it, you when you if you will do this, if you'll cultivate the presence of God in your life, be led by the Spirit, you will experience His presence, you'll experience His power, His protection, and His provision. If you know that you're walking and doing what God has called you to do, believe for, ask for, and pray for those four things to be manifest in your life. All across our campuses. Come on, each one of you, why don't you believe for presence, power, protection, and provision in Jesus' name. Whatever you need might be, hey, it all comes with the presence of God, which we need to pursue with great passion and earnestness. They said of the early church, if you read through the book of Acts, that there 95% of their activities would have stopped if the Holy Spirit had been removed from their midst. So if the presence of God didn't turn up... The, the services, 95% of what they did would have just died, would have stopped. Some say that today, 95% of our activities would still continue even if the Holy Spirit never turned up and there was no great presence of God because it's not been the central focus. We're on a mission to change that, friends, and it is changing, and God's presence is coming, and we will notice it more and more if He is not there. I'm on a mission to put religion to the sword. That's my mission. Religion's dead, it's boring, and the world is not interested. I'm on a mission to put to an end services where nothing happens and changes in your life. I'm on a mission to change services where there's no encounter, where people don't hear the voice of God. I want to put an end to people attending church because they have to or because they should. I was, sent to, I was talking to a family just recently in our church and I was so encouraged to hear them say this, that after a Sunday service, the whole family can't wait till next Sunday. They so love being in church. That's an end to religion, friends. We're putting religion to the sword, friends, so it's no longer I have to serve or I should serve, but you just try and stop me serving. Putting an end to I need to give, I should to give, should give, I feel you know guilty if I don't give to where's the offering bag? How can I give a little bit more? Friends, an end to religion and back to a relationship with the Almighty God whom we love and whom we serve. See, this all flows out of a passion for God. A passion for God puts religion to the sword. You don't do things out of religious duty anymore. And here's a good barometer of where you might be at in your walk with God. How much of what you do is, I have to or I should serve? I have to or I should give? You know, I have to or I should come to church? If you're still at that level, Hey, keep crying out to God. Keep coming on this journey with us because God's going to change that to I want to. It's my desire. It's my passion. I want to serve. I want to give. I want to be in church. Psalm 16, verse 11. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures forevermore. Friends, everything you want in life is right there. In His presence, fullness of joy. At His right hand, pleasure. See, we've got a world searching for pleasure. (laughs) And they're searching for joy and everything, all those other things, friends. But it all comes with the presence of God. Everything you desire is right there. When I was in Adelaide just last week, Sunday, we preached three times, 9, 11, and 6 p.m. And as you know, we had some, I think, some really good services In fact, I had an altar call response for prayer at the end of Sunday night, and 90% of the church was on the altar. It was an extraordinary moment, and a, a real cry out for God. I remember going home and getting back to my hotel room after that, and not really feeling that satisfied. Feedback had been great, response had been excellent, but deep inside me, I thought, "Oh yeah, okay. Another day done. Another Sunday service is over. Yeah, it went well. Thank you, Jesus. But deep down, hmm. Next day, we're leaving to come back to Auckland. Jody's with me. Get onto the plane. Three seats. And uh, the, 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 the um, plane is pretty much packed out. And, uh, but there happened to be a seat, one seat that no one seemed to be occupying, and I just said to Joe, "Look, someone's going to come. Look, they always get filled. They didn't get. Didn't, no one came, so it was good. We had uh, three seats, and then we had a, uh, a seat in the middle. And I said, Jody, that's for the Holy Spirit. He can be there. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I do what I normally do on the plane. I I got my music going from Spotify and all the best songs that I have. Got them all in one list there. Started listening to those, opened up the scriptures, started reading my Bible, and just locked myself into the presence of God. And about maybe an hour or so into that, I remember starting to feel, wow, I feel really satisfied. I feel really good right now, fulfilled in my heart. It was like the Holy Spirit said to me, Tark, I want you to take note. It's not preaching, it's not doing, it's not success that will ever satisfy you, it's my presence, it's me, I alone can satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. Boy, I tell you, that was a defining moment for me, because we spend all our lives got to serve more, have more success, more opportunities, God used me here, than ever. everywhere, and it's like God was say to me, Tark, that's climbing the wrong mountain. Pursue my presence. And you know, the more you pursue his presence, all the things that aren't that important start to fall away. You know, I would have never thought the day would come where I, I would say to you, getting into God's presence was more satisfying than preaching God's word in a significant church. But it's true. As the years goes by, God has made sure, God has made sure, listen carefully, For your life, he has made sure, nothing but nothing but nothing but God himself will ever satisfy the longings of your heart. So if that be true, if that be true, should not the pursuit of God be the uppermost passionate desire of your heart? But all of life conspires to keep you away from pursuing that which matters, yeah. God himself. Yeah. So the enemy will throw every distraction at you. Every, uh, every hobby will come across your path. You know, every good thing to do will come across your path. And the devil, enemy doesn't, really doesn't matter too much what you do. Just stay away from getting closer to God. So I think the pursuit of God needs to be the number one priority in our lives. Your greatest asset is the presence of God. It's your greatest asset. Develop it, pursue it, run after it with everything that you have got. See, David was Israel's greatest king. Let's read what his greatest passion was. Psalm 27 and verse four. One thing, everyone say one thing. (laughs) Isn't it interesting, eh? One thing. So your question you ask yourself is, what's the one thing you're after? (laughs) Not the five, not the ten. What's the one? One thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord or dwell in the presence of God all the days of my life, What to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David understood that the presence of God was everything to him. There's a man after God's own heart, and I believe that David's hunger for God and his presence lifted him above everyone else. That's why he became Israel's greatest king. And you know, the more you're in God's presence, the more you're changed into his likeness. There's an impartation. Uh, I'm going to ask you a scary question, all right? You're right for a scary question. If you're married, how many of you are realizing you're probably coming a bit more like your husband or wife? (laughs) It's a pretty very scary thought, isn't it? Terrifying for some of you. Some of you are saying, I knew I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) But you become like those that you spend most of your time with. It just, there's an impartation. Something happens. So the more time you spend with God, the more you will become like Him. And isn't there, isn't, how many of you long to be more like Jesus? You know, I mean, I, I've prayed for this for decades, and I've often looked back, and I thought, God, I really haven't changed that much. But <laughs> well, my weaknesses are still pretty much the same. I still get annoyed and impatient and critical, and I think, God, what's the deal here? And uh, I can't claim to have changed a whole lot. But can I just tell you one little change I noticed in my life? Just, just minor, okay. Just to encourage you that this pastor can change. It's not great, and there's too many years I haven't changed, but here we have this. So I'm in Dubai on our way to Pakistan and beyond, and there's a taxi driver. So I got talking to him. I said, oh, you know, where are you from, India? Where's your family? They're all in India. Kids, they're in India. I said, um, how many days a week do you work? He said, six days. I said, wow. And how many hours a day? Twelve. I thought, wow, 72 hours a day, 72 hours a week, one day off. And I said, well, where do you live? And he said, oh, we just got a room, four of his mates in one room. I thought, wow. I thought, and how often do you see your family? He said, once a year, I get to go back to India, maybe for a month. I just, this is where I've changed. I just felt compassion in my heart for this man. Now you'll know how much I've really changed listening? I gave him a $10 tip. I think it was US dollars too. After I gave it, I wanted to take it back, but I thought, I can't do that. See, I've never done that before. Some of you do it all the time, I know, but I have never done it before. Now I get to Pakistan. I notice that when you go into a A bathroom there someone's job is to clean the toilet before you go in and clean it after you go in and they do that all day every day probably 12 hours a day six days a week and i thought my god i just felt so grateful in my heart that that's not my job if you're complaining about your job stop right now because we can send you to pakistan I've seen this over the years, but this time I felt compassion. And so as I walked out, I I had 100 Pakistan rupees in my wallet, and I just gave it to the guy, and you should have seen the smile on his face. Before you're thinking, I'm very generous, 100 rupees is about $1. (laughs) But I thought to myself, getting into God's presence does change you. It may be small, it may be minor, but little by little, it will change you. And how many of you know the person sitting next to you needs a lot of change? I don't know about you campuses, but they've got a great response down, in, uh, down at the west here. There's a lot of change that's wanted and desired. I imagine you're all the same up there as well. You know, listen, friends, we can use every formula that we can find, every book, every statistic, every way of how to change yourself, you know, do this and this discipline and that discipline and the other. And most many of us have tried it all. It doesn't work that well. Get into God's presence and be changed, be transformed, little by little and step by step. We're on a journey, friends, as Church Unlimited. We're on a journey to develop the continual awareness of God's presence in our lives. It's got to be the supreme goal of every believer. Our journey is to bring back the ark of God's manifest presence, power, and glory. Because with that will come breakthroughs that you thought would never happen. With that will come healings that you've been prayed for, praying for for decades maybe. With that will come the salvation of family and friends. Relationships will be restored. Marriages will be healed. Financial blessing will also come with the presence of God. One of the missions of New Zealand and beyond is to help restore the ark of God's presence, power, and glory to His church. And with that, for Sydney's sake, Australia and New Zealand will turn to Jesus as we restore the ark of God's presence, power, and glory in Jesus' name. Thank you, campuses, for joining us today. Trust you enjoy the rest of your service. God bless you and uh, love you all. Take care.